And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and happy Friday. Yes, it's a Friday night. A Friday night, and did I have some fun tonight? A little bit of fun. Just got back from a gala, a gala, a gala up in Sacramento. I'm in the Bay Area, but I'm more so in the East Bay, for those that do not know. So traffic was a bitch today. Um, Yeah, it's a three-day weekend for a lot of people as we head into MLK weekend. So for those that don't know how traffic goes along the 80, uh, yeah, a lot of people are going to Tahoe this weekend for the three-day weekend. And so traffic was absolutely horrid to get over there for the gala, but uh, left a little bit early. Managed to get over there, had a good time, and I'm back here. So let's talk some NFC West football because there is one lone representative at this stage in the postseason, which is great. It's the NFC Conference Championship, and you have those Los Angeles Rams, the number two seed, going to the Big Easy at Nolens against the Saints. Drew Brees, number one seed. And yeah, man, it's, uh, I can't believe it, true to form. So both the NFC and the AFC, you have the number one seed and the number two seed representing themselves in their conferences, respectively. You have the Patriots and the, and the Chiefs, and you have the Rams at the, and the Saints. And it just goes to show, I mean, um, the cream rose to the crop. Sorry, Eagles. Sorry, Chargers. Yeah, it's the top dogs that are now in the conference championships. And so I'll talk a little bit more about, you know, my thoughts about the Chiefs and Patriots game. But I really do want to get into this NFC West matchup. And that is the Rams at New Orleans where, you know, earlier they did play each other. They actually played each other in week, I believe it was week 11. Uh, week 11 where the Rams went to New Orleans. So this isn't their first time playing each other this season. And they went to New Orleans and they lost 35-45. to 45. It was a close game, all things considered. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Rams tried to get cute during that game too. They, um, I think they faked a field goal and did some other fuckery during that game. And it didn't pay out. But, you know, you got to shoot your shots. And... Sean Payton with the New Orleans Saints. They're certainly no stranger when it comes to shooting your shots. They were down 14-0 last week against the Eagles. And then on 4th and 1 for a punting situation, they faked a punt. They got the first down. And then they scored 14-7. Momentum shifted. And that's all she wrote. They ended up overcoming a two-score lead. And they beat the Eagles to be at this point in the season so having said that, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the matchup at hand with the Rams, LA Rams going to New Orleans. So first off, let's just talk about some of the injuries or black thereof from what we saw the first time around from week 11 to, to now, January 2019. Uh, I think first and foremost, the first thing that you have to address is Michael freaking Thomas. Michael Thomas, wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints. He's been an absolute monster in the postseason. He's actually coming off, what, 12 catches, 181 yards, and a, and a touchdown last week against the Eagles. 
Yeah, I mean, he did the same type of shit against the Rams when they first played each other. He had 12 catches, 200 yards, and then a score. I mean, yeah, he was just as much dominant back then as he is now. But the interesting narrative about this time around is, in that instance, Marcus Peters was the top cornerback. He was the number one cornerback on the secondary for the Rams. Uh, But this time around, thankfully, he gets his teammate, his teammate Aqib Talib. He was out during that period when they did play each other. He was dealing with an ankle injury early in the season, so they put him on IR. Well, he's back, and maybe he's not 110% healthy, but he's good enough to play. I mean, he's been playing the last couple weeks anyways. But this time around, Aqib Talib is in action, so you pair up Talib. With Marcus Peters and actually, oops, mental hmm, mental farts. Uh, the Saints and the Rams, they didn't play each other in week 11. They played each other in week 9. Makes a little bit more sense because Aqib Talib returned, I believe, in week 13. Yeah. Okay, anyways, moving forward. Talib, Peters, third back. And what I'm really intrigued to see is, you know, everyone knows they're going to throw the ball Thomas I mean he's not a speedster per se he's a yaks guy he's kind of like an Amari Cooper big bodied receiver that can make plays after the catch but what he does very well is I mean he is a big and big time receiver he boxes out his defensive back matchups and he excels in red zone opportunities he is Rebreeze's number one red zone target and it shows it shows I mean there's other receivers there's Ted, Ted Ginn, there's Alvin Kamara, there's Mark Ingram, there's plenty of other receivers, but uh, time and time again, you notice that Drew Brees tends to give him the targets. I'll talk about Kamara in a bit, but I want to really hone down this matchup. So with Thomas, round two, on court in this game, what will the Rams do? What will Wade Phillips do? I mean, are you still going to have, I mean, you could obviously you could you could double team Thomas. I do expect them to do that on some occasions, but you can't do it exclusively all the time because you really put a lot of pressure on the safety with Kamara on the outside edges, which I'm sure they're gonna try to recognize the double team. If you do double team Thomas, you're gonna leave Kamara out and kind of expose the secondary from that perspective. Um, so they could do that. Uh, they could shadow Talib on Thomas. You could see a little bit of Thomas against Peters as well. But, I mean, just, just overall, I can expect them to mix and match with that matchup. But at the end of the day, I mean, I would expect Thomas to get his. But to that capacity, I mean, how bad... How much are you going to allow out of Thomas? And so that is one matchup that I am keeping in mind. Uh, And the second one is more so along the trenches. And it's, I mean, I've been honing this down for like, I don't know, every week about so. But Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald. But he also has Ndamukonsu, his teammates. He also has Dante Fowler, who they did not have on the edge the first time they, they played each other in week nine. And so they have, technically, they have a little bit more of a pass rush on their roster than they did the first time around. And that is very good this time around because uh, the Saints, their left tackle, 
Andrews Pete. I mean, he's not dominant per se, but he's been an able tackle. He's a starting tackle, and yeah, he's been. He's not been healthy. He's still playing despite the injury. He's been playing through it. But he drew four penalties last week against the Eagles, and you know, his timing and just not being in sync, it has affected that offensive line. And, you know, for a a quarterback like Drew Brees, I mean, he's not mobile. I mean, he's undersized, but he's not Russell Wilson. He cannot really escape the pocket and make a play with his legs. He is a pure, in my opinion, he's a pure pocket passer. And so if the interior of that offensive line gets compromised, I mean, it's I mean, it's tough for any quarterback, but it's going to be tough, especially for Drew Brees, because he has his limitations for his heights. It's harder for him to step up into the pockets. As I say that, he might just say, fuck you, just the West and totally torch the Rams. But uh, that is something that I keep in mind, because Aaron Donald and the Dominic Hunsu, like, if they, Michael Brockers included, if they can really... Um, take advantage of some of the injuries that they have on that offensive line. I mean, I really like that matchup. I really like, you know, to see that quarterback pressure that they can bring on Drew Brees. And, you know, it's going to be hard to get Drew Brees to make mistakes because he's near flawless at home. Uh, I don't want to check all the records, but he's pretty damn good at home. And I know that, you know, against the Eagles, they didn't score like 30-something points like they usually do. But you know what? He was very effective. He was very effective. They ran the ball a little bit more than you're, maybe than you're, you're more accustomed to than seeing in years past. But uh, yeah, he moves the chains. He was super effective. He's just as good as any quarterback in the league. And yeah, I mean, maybe he doesn't have the numbers as Patrick Mahomes, but there's a reason why you have Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes fighting, arguably, for that MVP award. So Aaron Donald, Dum Dukonsu. Actually, the Dum Dukonsu, he's been playing very well as of late. Um, so maybe this is his game to shine. I'm just saying, this might be a signature game. Next thing I'd like to mention, talked a little bit about Breeze and what he's going to do against that Rams defensive line. Well, you know, the same thing can be said about Jared Goff. And it's not necessarily a quarterback versus quarterback matchup because technically the quarterbacks don't really face off against each other. They don't literally play against each other. But, you know, this is Breeze's home turf. He's 40 years old. This is his game to lose. Technically, there's more pressure on Breeze more so than Goff. I mean, you kind of saw that. I mean, a lot of the pressure was on Breeze to come out with that win against the Eagles. But... Conversely, you know, if you look at that Rams-Cowboys game last week, Jared Goff, he had like 169 yards, no touchdowns. He really hasn't had his number called upon him since like week 11 in the season. That's why I remember week 11. Week 11, the Chiefs and the Rams played each other, and that was like the highlight game of the season, arguably. But um, yeah, I think that Jared Goff, that game against the Chiefs, he had, I think, 406 passing yards, four touchdowns. All that was great, and he was, yeah, through 11 weeks of the season, he was looking like an MVP type of caliber, type of candidate. But since then, the, the funny thing to note, and I didn't really notice this until I kind of looked at the numbers, but since that fateful game in Week 11, the last six games, he's only thrown six passing touchdowns. He struggled. 
against the Eagles and the Bears, respectively. And then the last two games of the season kind of was a, a hand me with the Niners and the Cardinals. And so the last couple weeks, they haven't really needed golf to step up, nor have they really called the plays in that manner because they've uh, they've been running the ball so well. C.J. Anderson, Todd Gurley, I mean, yeah, they've been pounding the rock, and it's been working for them. It's been opening play action. They've been keeping Jared Goff clean, and he hasn't really had that sort of pressure like he did earlier in the season against the Bears and the Eagles. And so when you put that all together, yeah, we don't really know what we're going to get out of Jared Goff since, like, week 11. But that's that's going to be compromised on Sunday. And the reason why I say that is, as good as Gurley is, I can, you know, I can talk all, all day about Gurley, as good as I can appreciate the emergence of C.J. Anderson as a, I mean, talk about, you know, comeback story. Uh, he was on the Broncos. He was on the Panthers. He was on the Raiders. They waved him, just picked him up. And he's gotten, like, what, several? He's gotten, like, 300 yards and a couple touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he had... 100 yards rushing and two touchdowns last game. But as much as I'd like to appreciate the run game, I mean, the Saints, their front seven, for people that don't really look at the stats and watch football, I mean, the Saints have a really stout front seven. Statistically speaking, they are arguably the the top run defense in the NFL. Technically, Technically, the Bears are the first run defense in the NFL, allowing 80 rushing yards per game. But, I mean, you know what? The Saints only allow 80.2 yards rushing per game. And so they are a very, very stout run defense. And I know that, hey, Shelton Rankins, their defensive tackle, breakout player this year. He's coming off an eight-sack season. He tore his ACL last week. And so I know that sucks for their defensive line. But I know just, I just don't think the run defense will be compromised by that. I think that their depth will still be there. They still have plenty of people on the interior where I think their run defense won't get compromised to that capacity where you really have to worry about, you know, Gurley and Anderson really breaking it wide open. I still think that they are a top run defense, which means that, you know, if Gurley and Anderson can't be as effective as they were against the Cowboys on first and second down, That means that more often than not, Jared Goff is going to be forced to make a play on third down. It's going to be a lot of third and longs, a lot of unfavorable, obvious passing situations. And so as much as you'd like to emphasize the run and, you know, have that Sean McVay 11 personnel, I mean, yeah, they're going to be at the dome. They're going to be in an adverse crowd, adverse environment, and Jared Goff, when push comes to shove, I mean, if they're going to win this game, they're going to win this game because Jerry Goff needs to make an important play or two to break this game wide open. Now, whether that's going to be in red zone or on a very crucial third down in the final stretches of the game, his number will be called, but will he be ready for the moment? Will he be ready for the moment? And I don't know about that. We haven't seen that yet. We've seen flashes in the first weeks of the season, but I haven't seen it in nearly, like, what, two months? So another thing to consider. My final point about this game, and I briefly mentioned this earlier, obviously Michael Thomas is that motherfucker, right? Like, he's an awesome receiver, and he's going to be 
very, very important for the Rams and the Saints for that X factor. But the real X factor, and I'm sure you guys know this already. I mean, you guys play fantasy football, and you just see most of the highlights for the NFL season is Alvin Kamara. Yeah, Alvin Kamara. Third round pick out of Tennessee. I mean, he's been lights out in his sophomore year. I mean, rookie year, he surprised everyone. Sophomore year, he's just, yeah, he's been good. He's been great. Great as a receiver, great as a runner, great two-way player, great along the edges, great just with the ball in general. Putting him in space is very worrisome for this Rams defense. And I'm talking about the linebackers for the Rams. Their linebackers are shit. Like, you know, Ekubom and Littleton, I mean, they, they'll make a play or two. They, I know against the, the Chiefs on national television, everyone was, oh, shit, what about those linebackers? They had a pick six. They had a couple takeaways. It was all good and dandy. But, I mean, for the most part this season, they take very shitty t- tackling angles. They don't do a good job securing the runner. And what worries about me is, yeah, I mean, C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley, they're great. But you know what's an even better duo? Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. That is probably the best running back duo in the NFL right now. A perfect one-two combo. Kamara on the outside, Ingram on, on those inside runs. And so the Rams, as much as we worry about them from a pass rushing perspective... The run defense, I won't say it's shit, but it's not its not anything to, to really write home about. I mean, the Rams are 23rd ranked in the NFL. They allow 122 rushing yards per game, which is okay. Um, but they allow 5.1 yards per carry. 5.1. That is worrisome. I think a lot of that has to do with the linebackers. Or, I mean, you could say the defense as a whole, but I, I really put it on the linebackers, especially when they get the, they get to that second level and they cannot um, they cannot wrap up their tacklers. So, I mean, just think about this. I mean, the Rams have allowed the second most plays of forty yards or more. They have allowed fourteen plays this season that went for forty yards or more, and they are top five. Oh, they have allowed. 59 plays for 20 yards or more. So that's kind of a combination of things. For one, it's the run defense or it's the linebackers that kind of let things go awry. Uh, Another thing you could attribute that to is maybe Marcus Peters. I know he's super aggressive. And, you know, throughout the season, he's allowed a ton of yardages on his side of the football field, which could kind of inflate that number. But you get what I'm saying. The Rams do allow big plays and... When I think big plays, I think Alvin Kamara. And so you have Michael Thomas on the outside. You have Alvin Kamara right beside Drew Brees. And you can audible him. You can put him out as a receiver. You can put him on a toss. I mean, yeah, he is very dangerous. And so how they match up against that specific player, which is Kamara, or they might have Mark Ingram and Kamara in the backfield. I mean, that is something... That should really worry Wade Phillips. I mean, it worries me. It's him. It's Thomas. Those are the guys I would keep an eye out for. So having said that, all in all, let's look at the numbers. Right now, whether it's the Rams-Saints game or it's the Patriots-Chiefs game, I mean, they 
put it evenly across the board, meaning that the top dog, the Saints and the Chiefs, they're at home. Both of them are favored respectively, both at three points. For the Rams game, it's over under 56 and a half, which suggests that it's going to be a, a high scoring game. It was a high scoring game the first time they played each other, 35 to 45. But I have a feeling that it's going to be a tightly contested game. It's going to be it's going to be run heavy, and it's going to be well. It's going to be kind of similar to how I saw the what the Cowboys and the Rams was going to be when I projected that game, which is it's going to be a lot of run. It's going to be a lot of ball control early on, but I think eventually it's going to be a key turnover. It's going to be some play action that will open this game wide open for either team. And that's going to dictate the outcome of this game. So having said that, give me... Might be a little bit biased for the Rams and the NFC West. But, I mean, fuck it. I've been covering this team for like the whole season and then some. So I think that the Rams can make this happen. And can come out and represent themselves in the Super Bowl for the NFC Conference. So go ahead and give me the Rams 27 Give me the Saints 24. It's going to be really close, but does Goff have it in him? Maybe. Maybe. But we'll find out. We'll find out soon enough. Okay, so that's what I see the Rams-Saints game going down to. I'll talk briefly, just briefly, about Patriots-Chiefs game. First time in like forever, Tom Brady is an underdog. The Patriots are an underdog. They go at KC in adverse weather. You know, like a frozen tundra type of vibe. Outdoors. And so the Chiefs are favored by three over under 56, which is no different from the 56 and a half over under spread for the Rams-Saints game. And that's really interesting to note because, like I mentioned before, Chiefs game is in the outdoor frozen tundra type of vibe and you have the saints that are comfortably in the dome and both teams have near exact over unders Uh, so having said that um yeah this game it feels like a lot of people on paper they they want to side with the chiefs they're at home this might be their time to shine for andy Reid and patrick mahomes i mean they just they looked absolutely killer against the colts Last week, I mean, Mahomes, you were worried about, you know, for this moment as a rookie, so young. I, I know he's like 23 years old, but it was the moment too big for him, and it wasn't. He made all the timely throws. He looked calm. He looked poised, which is the most important thing that you want to see from your young signal caller in the postseason. And he was okay. He delivered. Kelsey was a big component for him as a safety blanket down the middle. I don't know what the hell the Colts were doing, but yeah, he was right in between coverages. And then, yeah, they got really timely plays for the first time in a while where that Chiefs defense was, I mean, they were balling out. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that the Colts were down and in obvious passing situations. And so it made it, I mean, you know, notably, it did make it easier for the Chiefs defense to respond. Their run defense was stout in that sense because they they knew that they had to pass the ball so i mean it is what it is but conversely i mean yeah the patriots they if you look at some of their rosters in years past i mean offensively this isn't the best team that they fielded 
Julian Edelman, he's like, what, a million years old as well with Tom Brady, but he had, I mean, he had a dominant performance against the Chargers. He put on a clinic. He had, like, I don't know, if Michael Thomas had 12 catches, it felt like Julian Edelman had just as much. He was, like, all over the place. But, yeah, he, he's back, but I can't say so much for the rest of that passing offense. Gronkowski is no longer the same, but you know what the Patriots did against the Chargers, which is kind of what I'm worried about the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, they ran the ball, and they ran the ball really well. Marcus Cannon, Trent Brown, I mean, they have some nice pieces on that offensive line where I didn't really expect them to excel. But you know what? In this point of the season, they are. Sonny Michel is healthy. James White's healthy. And yeah, they're just doing what the Patriots do. They're, they're being chameleons, and they ran the football very well against the Chargers. They made timely throws because, yeah, duh, Tom Brady's in the postseason. And so it does make you wonder. I mean, the Chiefs are at home. They should win, but they shouldn't feel overly confident. If you're a Chiefs fan, knowing that you've pretty much blown every game in the postseason for like the last decade or so, I mean, would you feel that confident against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? So it does make me wonder, and it does make me wonder... In the sense where Tom Brady, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, like on the interviews, he's really taking on this underdog mentality. And that's a Tom Brady that you don't want to piss off. And so I think that this running offense that the Patriots exuded against the Chargers, I mean, that's something that the Chiefs really have to worry about because, yeah, they are a shitty run defense. Don't get it twisted. They are still a horrible run defense their linebackers and all that they are shit their secondary it might be better um you know eric berry from what i understand he's expected to play and be out there we out here sort of impacts but yeah i think more so i'm going to be curious to see what the patriots do from a from a coaching perspective i mean you know they knew against the chargers the chargers for what they did the first time around when they played the uh, the Ravens, they had like a six defensive back defense set as their base defense. And yeah, they really, if you give them enough time, the Patriots will capitalize and find your weakness. Now, obviously, you don't have that much time in this turnaround against the Chiefs, but I think that the Chiefs-Patriots game might be going down to like a coaching thing. Andy Reid has not excelled in these moments that's for damn sure i'm sure plenty of eagle fans can attest to that from a coaching perspective and so yeah i don't know i just this roster for the patriots it's not the best that they've had in years past it's harder for a 40 year old quarterback to play in such shitty weather like this but you know the same can be said about patrick mahomes this young offense in adverse weather where their running offense, it's, you know, without Kareem Hunt, it's going to be a lot harder than they would like. And so a lot will be on the passing offense to make it happen. But if the Patriots do what the Patriots do and take out Tyreek Hill and, you know, eliminate your, your best weapon, uh, I will be intrigued to see how this, this game will really go down to. So... Yeah, fuck it. Give me the Patriots. Give me the Patriots. 31 to... 31 to 27. Give me the Patriots 31 to 27, whereas the Rams win 27 to 24. 
and that one will be right at the spread. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit over the spread and over under, over under fifty eight. But nonetheless, the way I'm highlighting both these games for this Sunday, they should be super litty. They should be fun to watch. This should be a great time for NFL viewers and fans alike. Whether you're a Patriots fan or you just like fantasy football, whatever. But you should appreciate both these games that are going to be presented to us this Sunday. So, having said that, once again, my name is Justin West. Thank you so much for checking out the pod. Please continue to do so. Otherwise, there's other outlets that I put out there, such as my Instagram, at Just the West, Twitter, at Just the West, and of course, my blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace.